Tom talks about watches like most people talk about cars. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say most people. Those who are passionate about cars, which are more yeah, there are more. I'm definitely people nerdy about it. Passionate people about cars than there are but watches. Does, does that translate in terms of like you want things to be on time all the time? Oh boy! Or no, like, that's, you know, or like oh that's the last way to explain, Tom. <laughs> you know, because no, no. if you're concerned with time, you know, maybe you want things Should to I? be timely, right? <laughs> uh, which I was going to say, well, you're going to have a hard time in Latin We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer and Rode pod mics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's mpex.com. Search R-O-D-E. And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray. Welcome to the show, and how's everybody doing? What's up? What's new? Hello, hello. Hey, Leonardo. Hey. We're going to welcome Leonardo to the show. This is Leonardo Carrizo. He is a um, traveler, a photographer, a storyteller. He connects with culture. He's a teacher, instructor at The Ohio State University. I am. And um, remind me um, the involvement with uh, Nat Geo in terms of expeditions. Yeah. So in addition to teaching at Ohio State, mm -hmm. um, I get to do National Geographic student expeditions. So this is not the magazine. This Correct. is not the travel magazine. But they do have programs during the summer for, for high school students that they could be from anywhere in the U.S., anywhere in the world, and they can participate mm -hmm. on these programs. Um, so the programs uh, have a combination of typically two leaders plus an expert, um, male and female. Huh. And each location will have typically two themes pretty much where the students can decide what they want to work on. I'm always on the photography side since I'm yeah. a photo instructor. <laughs> but then it Naturally. depends on the on the location. My co-leader, right, could be a biologist or mm. an archaeologist huh. or somebody deals and works with uh, with history and so forth. And in addition to that, we have somebody who comes in as the experts who are associated somehow more closely with National Geographic, either the magazine, the travel mm -hmm. magazine, or the society, the researchers, there's people who have grants and so mm. forth. And then they come in and they join us for a little bit during the trip while we take the students, you know, like to different locations yeah. within a country and teach photography, to teach biology, get experience and exposure from the experts and just like an overall great time during the during Sounds the like a blast. Yeah, and yeah. I've, been, I've been doing that for like the last uh, six years. Nice. So I'm enjoying that a lot. That's Very cool, cool. man. And uh, now is it is it something where it's, uh, it's uh, involved with a school or is it something where people can apply to be part of these? Yeah, people can apply. Parents, students can be interested in them cool. and then just choose, you know, what are you going to do during the summer? Sure. And then you have like so many different programs all over the world Excellent. that you can join in. And then there's another one there's called um, Putney Student Travels, which is the one that I did last summer. Cool. Or this summer. Yeah, I'll this have to summer. put links to those in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll get some links for me so we can we can cool. drop some uh, sites for you guys. Um, are you, now you've been you've recently been traveling? Yes. 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 So the world's opening up a little bit yes, more, and you're yeah. I'm sure you're <laughs> happy about that. Um, what? Just give us a little preview of what you've been involved in recently in terms of travel. So recently, uh, I was leading a trip in uh, Ecuador, mm -hmm. which included the Galapagos Islands, which is always fun, 
And then I did a second trip that was in Baja, California, Mexico. South. Oh, cool. Um, always wanted to my, visit there. Yeah, and that was my first time there. I've never been there before. So I was able to do two trips mm. uh, with students and with every craziness that's happening. We were still able to do it safely, and we can probably talk about that cool. a little bit more. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely want to hear about that. Um, Tom, how you been? You good? I've been good. You yeah. Good? Yeah? Yeah. Just been kicking it. Going to a lot of bonfires lately and stuff. Yeah, outdoor activities. Oh, bonfires because yeah. the yeah. air's getting a little bit more crisp. Yeah, it's getting a little chilly. Yeah, it's starting to smell that that crunch. S'mores. You know, I call, I call that that fall winter crunch. That smell in the air that kind of like it's cold and it stings a little bit. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Sounds like what I about am, you. Uh, enjoying the environment a lot more than you. Yeah, I was just. Right. I mean, <laughs> you may be. I guess. <laughs> I just how you on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> yeah. I was just like mentioning the crunch of the fall smell, and you're like, eh, yeah, I guess. I don't. I just don't know that I've ever thought of a crunchy smell before. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I guess I call it like winter fall crunch. Because it's it that. Is, it's, it does get a little crisp. It does kind of. Because tell me, you, there's two very distinct sounds. You feel, like you in walk the out in the morning and you fill your lungs and you're like, ooh, that's a little bit, a little bit chilly out here. Yes, you know that. But there's yeah. also two very distinct sounds that come with those two seasons. So the first crunch of leaves in the fall. Sure. I mean, the, I thought the, about the leaves yeah. crunching. And but the second is the crunch or. Um, packing of snow under your foot in the mm-hmm. first footstep of snow in the winter. So those two crunches are crucial to those seasons, and they come with a smell. And you know the smell when you smell well, it. Well, yeah, the like, the fall is. is a little <laughs> a little musty, a little funky, and then mm, I wouldn't call it musty. Really? When the when the leaves get all soggy on the ground and you're walking and it that's kinda the, that's the bad part of fall. That's associated with the I bad part of winter, which is like that gray slush on the side of the road. It's, it's like, no longer pretty. It's like yeah. when you walk into <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. knows what I'm talking about over there. He's to like me, I grew up in Cleveland, so uh, it's like cold like, compared to Columbus. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's always gray slush up there. Yeah. <laughs> See the that must though, it kinda reminds me of stepping into like a a cabin in like Hocking Hills or something, and you, it's a little funky, but you're just like, this is this is All nice. Right. I yeah. take back my comment about Some, you, like, me you enjoying know, the environment. The old canvas, you know that okay. kind of smell. Okay, now yeah. we're getting closer to yeah. being on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, you've been enjoying, I guess, outdoors as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you've been shooting a bunch of film lately. Tons. Yeah, uh, I broke my Canonet though, so I'm on the lookout for probably a new one. I'm gonna get one. Yeah. I'm probably just gonna order one. You're from not Japan, getting a like Zorky a cr- four? No, we have a Zorky four out <laughs> I there. Know we do. <laughs> Leonardo, you have your shot with a Zorky before? I have not. No. You know, have you heard of him before? I don't think I have. They're like they're a Russian ripoff of a Leica. Yeah, the Russian saw Leica, oh, and they yeah, were like, yeah, "Yeah, we got to create this," and they called it the Zorky. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. Screw on lenses, it's bizarre. Nice. <laughs> I got to take a look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. I guess uh, Leonardo, if you want to give us, I guess you gave us a little bit of background of what you do with uh, Nat Geo and stuff. But do you did you have anything that you wanted to add? as far as like what you kind of do and i mean even outside of photography i know you're into like motorcycles and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah how's yeah. your how's your bike uh oh no no <laughs> <laughs> next question please. Uh, no so actually with, with the bike uh i have it's an it's an old bike so i, ha- I have to throw them throw it. it's a vintage bike so yeah. 1988 bmw a, r100 a, rt it's a little a, project it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a project bike i'm yeah. trying to convert it to a cafe racer um which are my favorite. Th- they're awesome. Yeah. And the thing is, because I was out the entire summer, 
uh, obviously I, I wasn't riding the bike. Mm -hmm. So the tags expire, the insurance expire on it, right? Mm. Mm. So for me to not only fix any mechanical or, you know, just change the oil, get it ready to, to, to be on the road, I have to pay for new tax and new insurance for only like in Ohio, what, two months of riding, yeah. maybe less because I'm not going to be riding it every day, right? right. Yeah. So I unfortunately made the decision that I am not going to ride the bike uh, mm. with the rest of the season because it's just so much work and there's so much other stuff. So yeah. I love having the bike, but uh, I don't get to ride it because I am never here during the summer. Yep. And then in a situation like this where some of the things expire and I don't want to pay the $200 to get everything up, yep. to, the, up to date. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to like sit back. But um, no, I mean, I teach here at all you know, <laughs> with, with you guys in, yeah. the, in the studio and the learning studio. I love doing that, do workshops. Um, yeah, we got to get you in for another lighting class soon. Yeah. Yeah. So those who those who aren't aware, Leonardo is actually one of our uh, uh, learning studio instructors. He's on our website. If you want to learn more about him on mpexlearningstudio.com. But he teaches uh, lighting classes here. Uh, and we hope to have some some more classes for you coming up. Um, so we'll have to sit down and chat after this about a yeah. schedule for classes. Yeah, I love that. And yep. then uh, I do the uh, composition and travel yep. uh, here as well. Yep. But, you know. I, I freelance, like I've been shooting a lot uh, last year, actually, with, with everything crazy. Mm -hmm. I actually mm. was shooting a lot uh, editorial for 614 Magazine. Yeah, mm. yeah, that was so great that, stuff. That was fun, more portraits yep. and, and, and smaller assignments, but there were assignments, so I got to do that more. That's um, cool. Yeah, and then I and then I'm involved in just like martial arts and fighting things and oh, things yeah. like that. And I do judo and help teach judo and I do jujitsu. Yeah. And yeah. the jujitsu you do just uh, this is just a random side question. Is it uh, just jujitsu or is it Brazilian jujitsu? It's Brazilian, Brazilian. jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend that does uh, BJJ and he he's very passionate about it. And yeah, it's, 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 it's it looks like sport. it's a lot of fun. He's like, yeah, you should just come to one of our open houses and just throw down with us one night. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. You should do it. You should do it. Yeah. yeah. Let's out a lot of tension and you get to work out and it's... Well, yeah. when, you know, when you're there and you're worrying about somebody choking you out, yeah. you know, all the other problems in your life are like yeah. indifference, you know. Yeah. So you yeah. need to survive. You get yeah. a little bit of focus in that yes, mindset. Survival. Yeah, survival. Yeah. So, you know, everyday problems, you know, it's like... <laughs> Did I leave the stove on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we ready to dive in some questions here for Leonardo? I, I think so. Let's, let's today's episode. We want to talk about connecting with the new culture. So you know, as we've said, Leonardo travels the world. He sees uh, people from uh, Europe. To uh, uh, have you been to Asia? I have not been to Asia. Okay. I have not been into uh, Africa. Okay. Which unfortunately that was a COVID thing. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, just they canceled in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, I had but you you had a nice span from South America, Central America, Europe. I mean, yeah, n a lot of North America. So, yeah, 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 I was in, in Canada, Canadian Arctic. Yeah. Um, oh man, that, that was pretty cool seeing polar bears. Yeah, um, that was fun. And then yeah, Latin America. What's it, what's it like shooting up there? Because it's like a crapshoot in terms of like whether you actually have light or not, right? Like you could either have eighteen hours of it or right. none of it, right? Right. So when we go, we go during the summers where you have more lights. Right? Yeah. Almost like twenty hours, twenty-four hours. Like in Iceland, also you know, just like yeah, the Arctic. Um, yeah, you have like a lot of lights. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 very neat. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very neat, and it's it's a different environment to kind of like feel so much light and just to see yeah. so much light. So it is a little trippy. Because and all like, of the like lights also reflecting up off the snow, right? Yeah. Yeah, That's and you kind of have to little. I have to like over. I've always been taught to over meter in snow because otherwise your mm -hmm. snow's gonna come out gray. gray and you, you yeah. don't. Want that. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So let's let's dive into some questions here. Um, what do you think teaching brings to your art? And 
as well as how does it impact your workflow? Like, um, has it inspired new projects? Does it change the way you shoot? Does it open up your mind to kind of see how your students see? Tell us about how teaching affects you. Okay, so uh, actually for this one, I, I was a little, I did a little preparation. Okay, oh, yeah. so I wanted to kind of like put a disclaimer out there or something that I that I hated. I hate that expression uh, that those who can do and those who can't teach. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I hate that expression. Yes, um, because I think that you know you're going to teach anything you have to know how to do it first. yeah yes um and teaches you reinforces the fact that that you know something whatever that is yeah so i just wanted to put that in i hate that expression we yeah. we <laughs> fully agree with that and you and our other instructor matt marash are prime examples of this you were both incredible teachers and you both output incredible incredible work thank you so thank you no, matt, matt's awesome <laughs> uh but in terms of like teaching so i've been when i'm traveling now because I'm not working necessarily with publications, right? My, my mm -hmm. work is necessarily, it's not going to a magazine. Mainly it's for exhibitions or projects that I'm doing maybe with the university mm -hmm. um, and for, for teaching purposes as well. I, I am more conscious that I'm photographing to show my students, right? Huh. And to kind of like be aware of how would you deal with this situation, right? Yeah. Uh, when things happen well and when things happen terribly. Um, just because it's, it, I have like firsthand experience of real life situations that, that I can actually tell them, you know, and, and I can show them the photographs. I can tell them the, the story about how things happen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the connection between teaching and, and the photography that, that I'm concerned or that I worry or that I try to, to elaborate on more with my students. And okay. definitely projects do come up from, from doing that, right? Just doing more research, being in connection with other uh, professors and other academics in terms of general cultural topics that w because I'm in the field, right? Um, I can bring those images. I can see what's happening in the ground. So that yeah. has uh, the potential to become, you know, photo projects, photo stories, collaboration with other professors as well. Um, so that's kind of like the main connection that I have with teaching and the way I shoot right now that I am having experience and having contents and images that I can use for teaching purposes or again collaboration and maybe other projects that come through that uh, which is different than when you're shooting for like a magazine when you're on assignment and yeah. they tell you okay go here yeah you know here's maybe, the story maybe, yeah here's the story you yeah. come back with the images or you know sometimes go and find the story right so you have to, you know, it, it's a different uh, yeah. approach than than just doing an assignment. Yeah. So. yeah. Huh. In in either situations, kind of, uh, I, I like where you left it there because it uh, gets into my second question. In either situation where you're either sent out or you're doing this with students or you're capturing to, in order to show students for communications, is there ever a moment that you saw and you missed it and you beat yourself up about it? Or you, you wish you had gotten it, like, and it kind of eats at you a little bit? Yeah, I think that, you know, all the time we miss I, As many places as you go, I have to imagine oh, there's oh, at least one time, There's right? always, there's always <laughs> yeah. images that, that you miss or situations that, that you miss. Um, and they could be just because you missed the image, you didn't have the camera, you didn't have the right lens, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. just like the environment was changing too fast and you missed it. Um, or I think sometimes more the more internal 
yeah. once it's like when you did you saw something and you didn't approach the person or you yeah. you you You're saw something a little something, too timid or a little something too timid yeah. yeah you were not feeling it you were shy you were afraid of the yeah. environment or the situation not because of dangers but just because you know your own personal self sometimes sure. gets you know a little hesitation you yeah, know sure um and those are the situations that I'm like, man, I, I wish I, I wish I would have overcome that, uh, which is part of the challenges. Yeah. So like my model, um, for it's always like, I tell myself, stop the car, because so, I've seen so many images like on a car driving, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I could have stopped. Um, so I just tell myself that just in any situation, it's one of the things that I teach: just stop the car. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna lose anything, even if you're shy, even if you're like a little bit hesitant. Um, you know, you don't know how many times people are going to say yes unless you ask right yeah. so the no is already given yeah you already have the, the no yeah if you don't even approach anybody you have the no so might as well go ahead and approach them and, and ask see right? there's a possibility so, of yes a possibility yeah. maybe you, maybe that they tell you no but it's them right it's not yeah. yourself giving you that no i cannot go in this or um one of the things i tell my students and my students more on the on the journalistic side sometimes students um, you know, like photojournalism, are you know very concerned mm-hmm. you know, on the projects that they do. Maybe somebody's going through something, you know, like an illness, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, that's private, right?" So even though I want to do the story on them, uh, I'm going to give them a lot of privacy and a, and a lot of freedom. So I don't want to assume. I don't want to you know get in close to them or go to the doctor with them or go to their houses. And I always say, "Well, did you ask them?" Yeah, because. When people are willing to tell their stories, they want you to tell their true story, yeah. right? Which will include sometimes, right, going to a doctor, getting to those intimate moments. They understand and they're willing to let you into their space. Yeah. But if you don't ask, right, then they're never going to tell you, you know, yeah, sure, come with me to the doctor's or come with me inside my house, right? Sure. You have to be the journalist to know um, that you need those images because it's part of their stories, right? Yeah. And you have to be willing to ask. Yeah. At the beginning, people are shy, right? yeah. so they, and they, they assume. You don't want to assume that people are going to say no. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to assume that people are not going to let you in their lives. Yeah, um, but I'm sure there's also like a balance there too of like you also once you know it's no, then it's like you can move on and yeah, yeah, yeah. and accept that. Yeah, yeah, of course, because uh, but now you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and also there's, there's there's preparation for that, right? You don't just yeah. go and meet somebody and you're like, oh, you have this illness or whatever story yeah. it is, and like I'm just gonna follow you. Yeah. You know, everywhere yeah. you go. No, you actually have to first find who that person is, find a little bit more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell you have to do like a pre-interview. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just get together with somebody and talk about their life and know how what is their routine. And as you get to know them and, they're li- and they know what you want to do, right? You want to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And if it makes sense, right, for you to follow somebody into their house, mm-hmm. right? They also have to understand, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I understand the type of story. This is my life. Mm. And it makes sense for you to say, hey, can I follow you into your house? Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so when they understand that, that, that makes it a lot easier than just to, you know, say, oh, I'm going to go inside your house. Yeah. Like, why? You know, it also it makes prob- sense to them. Um, they will let you in and they will let you in. No, hey, I'm doing this or this is happening. Yeah. That's the best case situation. Yeah. Yeah. So Asking those questions too probably just shows your interest in their so like they probably feel like you're interested then too. Yeah, not just yeah. collecting images. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. An- another thing is, I'm sorry, this sounds like very teachy. No, uh, no, this is good. <laughs> this is really good information. <laughs> but, I do. If, if yeah, I could just ahead. pause a moment to back up because you're, um, 
for those who may have not met Leonardo know how he works, this is his his process is kind of showing through right now. So he obviously he travels to a lot of really cool places um, and he's interacting with cultures there rather than kind of just injecting himself and capturing the images. He wants to connect with them. So he often will, you know, the process is, as you've been explaining, um, ask a person, get their permission, ask questions about their story rather than just collecting up images. So I did want to pause and just kind of give no, people no, no, some no, context no. there. But well, uh, go ahead with what you were yeah, going to say. Yeah, th- and that's a little bit more, uh, more like on the photojournalism side yeah, when you're yeah. doing a story locally. But mm. in, in the travel, I'll give you an example in, in the travel. Um, it's, it's very common, and I think all of us have done it. I know I've done it. Uh, you go to a foreign place, you go to a market. Mm-hmm. Markets yeah. are very colorful. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's people doing things, and they look different than you, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, right? I can make some great images. Um, and you do that, right? You go to the market, and you see the people, and you're taking snapshots of what you see, which is fine. But I, like, I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I, I don't go to markets, or, like, if I go to a market, I'm not photographing the market. Uh, what I actually want to do is I want to meet the person who's actually has a little shop in the market. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and even if, even if I don't know them from before, I will just find somebody and start having a conversation with them. Um, and I'll invest time in getting to know them. Yeah. And then I'll do a photo. All right? I'll do a photo story. What I care is like about the day in the life of perhaps of that person. Or I might spend you know one hour, two hours with them just hanging out. So instead of going really fast and trying to photograph everything in the market, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just get an outsider's point of view. I'd rather mm-hmm. do a story or like a photo uh, essay on, on one store, on one person, right? And just hang out with them right? yeah. and get to know them. Um, the idea is that you don't want to just go and take things, right? That you sure. want to actually capture documents, get to know, learn. Yeah. So you can learn if you're just taking snapshots. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you learn, but you learn a little bit. You learn a lot more if you spend two or three hours with one subject, right? Mm-hmm. And you really get to know them, and they really open up. Um, and that's something that I think I, now that I'm a little bit more mature, um, I, I I made that change, right? Where, you know, at the beginning you're like, oh my god, everything's colorful and it's great, and that happens a lot in travel photography. But yeah. if you can, if you have the time, invest the time with the person, right? Mm-hmm. Get to know one person, yeah, right. That gives you access, or or you know whatever, and then just spend the time, and I think that you're gonna have more images that tell the story about this one person in their day in their shop and you know whatever they're selling and their family and this and that mm-hmm. which is going to be better than just a snapshot that you took of somebody sitting in you know in their in their market right store yeah or something like that yeah um so that's that's also like, like that. one of the different approaches to to doing that right that, how to interact with that's, people that is very important and i think that the Western perspective, and I, I, you know, we chatted a little bit before this, but I talked about going on my last vacation. But the Western perspective is to often, you know, that you're we're overwhelmed by the unusual, mm-hmm. and so we become like quickly enamored and hypnotized by it. But I can tell you, based on my last vacation, that if you sit and you talk with somebody about the culture, you're going to enjoy the experience far, far more than just catching snapshots of pretty colors and you know what you think might be exotic things when in reality are just part of their culture or religion or society or whatever so i would encourage you get what leonardo was saying is to definitely um, get to know your subject um out of curiosity um have you ever started with a subject this is not on the question sheet that we gave you but you're started with a subject by maybe photographing something that's not them like for example if you were to go to a market um 
would it be advantageous of you to, to you know, like, oh, here's some really nice pairs. These are great looking pairs, taking pictures of the pairs and their beautiful colors and then getting to know the person who's selling them. They'd be like, oh, you know, they're probably really proud of this. Have you ever used that tactic before oh. where you're taking pictures of something inanimate in order to connect with the person then? Um, yes. Uh, but I think it, definitely, yes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes you're interested in, in, in what they have and therefore you that's kind of like your your entryway. Yeah, your bridge. Into to, getting, yeah, mm -hmm. into yeah. getting to know them. Um, but you have to be, truly be interested in, in in whatever, if it's a product or if it's, yeah. you know, a fruit or whatever it is, yeah. you know, you really have to be interested in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because people are also going to pick up if you're trying to do that just to get a portrait of them. Yeah. Right? yeah. So It's pretty transparent when you're yeah, doing it, that. It's, it's pretty <laughs> obvious, right? So, so that's where, like, you truly have to be interested in yeah. who they are and what they are doing, right? Yeah. And, and if that shows, right, that you're honestly interested in who they are, People are going to recognize that and they're going to, again, you know, let you stay with them and, and let you yeah. take their portrait versus, oh, you know, you, you took a picture of the apple, but you actually want to take a picture of me. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and that's that's obvious. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you have to just be interested in that apple. Be genuine. You know? yeah. Be genuine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, reversing back to when you were talking about um, you know, kind of being timid and, and approaching and stopping the car. Um, has there ever been a moment where you've told yourself, nope, you need to go back because you need, you, you need that shot. You want that shot. That's something that you need to go ask. And you were just too afraid. Go back. Have you ever gone back? Uh, yes. Yes. I, I have a story. Uh, many <laughs> yeah? weird stories. Um, <laughs> so, uh, before COVID, uh, one of the, the last trips that I, that I did with the student expeditions was in Portugal and I was able to travel in Portugal by myself. Uh, and do just, you know, my, my photo projects or photo stories and so forth. And I knew that in Portugal, sardines are very important, you know. Uh, they're part of the culture, the food. They have the festival of sardines and this and that. So I wanted it to, you know, photograph the fishermen. Um, and my goal was to actually go on one of these fishermen's boats, you know. But I don't speak Portuguese. I mean, it's you know, Spanish helps a little bit, but I didn't really yeah. speak Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And I went to this town where they had fishermen, and I went to the docks, um, and you know, I tried to speak to the fishermen, and you know, I could just couldn't get access. So I was just standing there. And there were like no boats, you know. And I'm like, right, I'm huh. here sitting at the docks, and or maybe some, you know, the next day I went on the second day, and then maybe I see the fishermen, and they're like, oh, I try to talk, you know, try to take pictures, um, and just nothing, you know. And mm. it was just like. I was like, what am I doing? Is this going to happen? This is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I just had to keep trying and force myself to be in an uncomfortable situation where mm -hmm. I was completely embarrassed because I don't know the language. Yeah. But try to keep reaching out to individuals because the other funny part was that once I was able to talk to a few captains, you know, I was able to say, oh, you know, you, mm -hmm. you're a fisherman. I'll take some photos, you know, snapshots, right? It's like um, people go... To, can, can people go on, on, on the boats with you guys? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And then I, I would ask, well, can I go? And then they're like, no, 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 no. Like, right? Huh. So it's like, and I met a captain, and then I would meet another captain, and yeah. I'll start the conversation. I'm like, okay, this is moving forward, right? I'm, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. It's like, oh, can people go on the boats? Yeah, people can go on the boats. Can I go on the boats? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. And, and that happened like many, many times. And I just kept going back, and I kept going back, and I kept going back. Um, and eventually... Uh, there was, and this is where sometimes other people help you, right? Yeah. Uh, because if you're like a random person that mm -hmm. doesn't speak the language on the docks trying to get on a boat. Sure. Why? Yeah. Why, why would anybody let you? <laughs> you're in? a liability at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's like, yeah. who's this crazy person? Yeah. Why, why would I 
take you into my boat. Yeah. Um, so this is where like other situations and how you can work a scene to so people can believe you and people can trust you. And then you're not just asking, but somebody else is asking on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So what happened is like I went to the docks this, like on the third day and there were just some very old men, you know, uh, fixing nets. Mm-hmm. Right. They were just fixing the nets on the docks. So I went and I talked to them and I was just photographing them, you huh. know, fixing the nets. And, you know, I started getting a good relationship, you know, and we're trying to, you know, make fun of, they're making fun of me, I'm trying to laugh, you know, and just (laughs) learn and everything else. And it just so happens that there's another boat and there's another captain that comes in and, you know, they know each other. So the older men fixing the nets knew this young captain Hmm. of this uh, sardine fishing boat, right? And, you know, he approaches and he sees me that I'm already with the older men and I'm taking pictures of them. So they actually help me right because they were friends with the captain yeah to say hey yeah why don't you know he's been photographing yeah. us. this guy's, he's this been guy's fine yeah, yeah take him on your boat okay you know yeah. take him out and and, I, and it worked you know awesome. so then i was able to go on a sardine fishing uh, boat in in, uh, in portugal which is like iconic yeah um and it was great but it was tiring it was just kind of like overwhelming yeah. having that no constantly right yeah. and putting oh, yeah. yourself in that situation where it's defeating, you know, yeah. it's yeah. just defeating, but you just keep going and you have to overcome that. Um, it's not easy yeah. uh, because uh, I think one of the words, I mean, I, I hear the, the podcast and, you know, one of the words that sometimes comes, it's the imposter syndrome. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, yes, I think we're all, we're familiar with that. And and sometimes when you're in the situations and there's like nobody around you and you're like, don't know anybody and you're like, what am I doing here? Should I be even be here? Yeah. Yep, and that's just, that's when it kicks in hardcore. Yeah, that's that's defeating because I'm like I have no right being in here. Sure, you know there's nobody's gonna let me do anything. Yeah. Why would anybody let me take their picture, right? Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, this is so bad. Yeah, um, being able to recognize those situations, right, and try to say no. You know, I mean, I I am a photojournalist. I am a photographer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm not doing anything wrong taking photographs. I do want to tell stories, right? Yeah, uh, and you have to build yourself back up to be able to, you know, meet the next person that might still say no to you, but at least you kind of like did a step forward in terms of, well, I ask, yeah. you know, I overcame that a little bit and I ask, well, maybe this person say no, but then you build that little confidence of, well, I went and I spoke and I asked and maybe I can go and ask somebody else, right? And that just builds on, on that confidence that somebody eventually is going to say yes. And when you do this for a long time, you're going to realize that most people are going to say yes. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody who's going to be willing to help you. Um, and that joy that you have, right, when people actually recognize what you're trying to do and that connection that you make with people, that feels pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And you can take that awesome experience that, that worked into your other situations. So the next time that you feel like, oh, I shouldn't be here, right? This oh, yeah. is not going to happen. You're like, no, wait a minute. Last time I did this, you know, it did happen and I was feeling the same way. So it probably will happen again. I just have to insist. I have to just yeah. continue yeah. to overcome, um, you know, whatever obstacle is there stopping you from getting the right access or finding the right people. Uh, but that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like before you took the pictures of the guy repairing the nets, did you ever take a day and just were like, I need to not do this for a day and just have a beer or something and just take a break or something. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, that's yeah. exactly what that's I did. That's exactly yeah. what I did. Um, which, funny enough, again, this is a small fishing town, right? And, um, and 
the I was staying in a hotel. The hotel had a, a little restaurant. The restaurant was like a couple blocks away. And the guy yeah. who was the owner was great. You know, he knew I was taking photographs and this and that. So I was defeated one of the days, completely defeated. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go to the restaurant. You just hit a wall. Yeah, I'm just going to have a beer. I'm going to have some wine, you know, and there. And then there's this other table of other people there, you know, other fishermen. And I got to meet them and hang out with them and, and drink wine with them for like four hours. Nice. Know, not speaking Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was great. And then they told me, well, if you, you know, if you want access to the port, a different access from where the, the fishermen goes, and it's this way. Hmm. Um, and then it was like, all of a sudden, now I have a different way to get in and I have yeah. a different way for people to notice. Oh, how yeah. This guy knows the, yeah. Yeah. you know, the area or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely. I like have that. to sometimes Very cool. have, a, have a break and, you know, they relax. give you backdoor access <laughs> yeah. to the docks or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. That, that's what it was. Um, and yeah, so it's people are great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The bottom line is people are great. There are a lot of good people. And that. I think you're right, though. People, like, if you ask immediately, then they're like, hold on, wait a minute now. Yeah. But then if you, like, you become familiar, they're more likely, yeah, to let you in. And yeah, yeah. you build that trust. Y you do. Yeah. I mean, people are good. And I think that. You know the world is crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it is. <laughs> but when you have encounters like that, and I mean, I think that anybody who has done a lot of traveling, like especially if like if you're done backpacking, you know, mm -hmm. like very low budget, you know, just traveling, not even with photo, but just like travel, right? Mm -hmm. You almost have to have this magic that have to happen in trips, right? Mm -hmm. These connections that you make with other people. Uh, where things happen that are unbelievable and you have this crazy stories. Oh my God, I met somebody and they let me into their house and they didn't know me. Now that could be scary, mm -hmm. but at the same time, that they can save you. Yeah. Right? Um, and having people trust you and believe you like that, it's unbelievable. And the more you do it, right, the more stories you're going to find from any traveler that has those type of experiences where somebody else who they didn't know, you know, was able to help them some way that went out of their way to help them. Uh, yeah. That happens to me all the time, all mm. the time. Um, so that's why I say people are good. People are great. People will, you know, uh, interact with you uh, in a very positive way if you're honest and if, you know, and if you come through, it's just like a, just like a normal person, you know. Yeah, sincerity. Um, yeah, sincerity. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump to my last question mm -hmm. here so that I can uh, give some time to Tom for, for his questions. Um, you travel a lot. You go to a lot of crazy places. Uh, you know, sometimes there are roads. Sometimes there might not be. Sometimes there are pathways. Regardless, the trek is always treacherous in some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. being in a, a place that you're not used to. Um, do you recommend? Do you yourself ensure you? Now, I know you keep it in a very fancy Israeli-made kata bag that can withstand a probably a ied or something crazy but do you <laughs> do you uh do you insure your equipment uh yes uh i do through my regular insurance yes um same and i think i, I there are options right just for photographers yes I, I haven't done those uh but i think it's a very good idea to actually do yeah. it right especially if i don't do it because i'm not working for for a magazine right so sure. i'm not in in that I'm not publishing the work where I need a fast turnaround, right? If I'm abroad or something like that. Mm. Um, but I do definitely recommend, yeah. Insurance, you know, just put it in your like uh, home renter's policy, home yeah. policy. Yep. Uh, you know, have a list of everything that you have when you travel. Know what the limitations are within the policies because um, I know that when I was 
trying to do that, right? Um, they're like, well, you cannot use it if you're making a profit. You know, it cannot go under your house policy or your rental mm. policy. If you're doing it for work, then you need a different type of policy right. Right, to cover that because it's for commercial purposes. Huh. But if you're just traveling, right, uh, you can place it under your home uh, insurance policy, right? And if you're not, like, working on an assignment, yeah. uh, then it will be covered, you know, if it gets broken or stolen or something like that. So I think that knowing those limitations within the policies is good. Yes. Now, if you are doing it for an assignment and you are working, then yeah, then you might want to look into the other one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the bag, I do have a sad story. This is my new bag. Oh no, did your, did your old one? My 20 year old bag. I'm, I'm retiring my 20 year old Kata bag. Jeez. And I'm starting with the same model, the same, same model, the yep. same, this exact same one. Uh, yeah, I, have to, I started doing this. This is not my own. You better one. find if you can find another one of those because I don't know if they make them anymore. I, they don't. <laughs> I, I, I know they don't, and that's, that's why Midwest gave me this one. Yep. Uh, Ken gave me this one um, because he knew that I bought the first one here. And again, yep. that one back is like 20 years all over the world, all yeah. kinds of crazy things. Um, yeah, it, it, it works very well. But the insurance yeah. is, is definitely good. And I think uh, in terms of bags, you mentioned, like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, having something that's comfortable and is rugged. Comfortable and rugged, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't have the Kata anymore, but we do have uh, MindShift here at Midwest Photo. That's a great option. Full disclosure, I did work for them at one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they are, like, the, my go-to outdoor bag for sure. Yeah. They, they've got a lot. I, my MindShift uh, Photocross sling has uh, hiked five miles of Yosemite has been up volcanic rocks in Hawaii. Um, it has been on the back of a boat that's getting sprayed by another boat's wake. Like that thing is durable. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I, if, if you're looking for a good durable outdoor. Yeah, mine shift bags are super sweet. Yeah. For sure. I think that what you mentioned is in terms of like water, right? oh, yeah. rain, water. Uh, you always have to have an option for that. I always have something that. Like a rain sleeve or a rain cover. Sleeve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even Some, if even yeah. if you go to a store and like we've got stuff here that could help you out, but if you are in a pinch and you're somewhere like going to a store and just finding like a poncho and like wrapping it around yeah. your bag, that that'll work yeah. too. <laughs> I think that that's, that's something very important, something yeah. that you can do quick, but you have to be aware of like obviously water. Yeah, yeah. So definitely insure your gear. Make sure you know the limitations of your insurance policy. If you do buy new gear, know that if you buy it online from us, we have extend uh, warranties that are pretty much like insurance for two yeah. to four years or something. And then we three and five years, three and five years. And then yeah. what do we have in store? Tom Mac. Yeah. Mac, it's warranties, Mac warranties, yeah, which are essentially another type of it's it, yeah. It's essentially insurance. They cover up to one complete replacement without a deductible. Yeah. And they the, really the only things they don't ca cover are complete water submersion, fire, and theft. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I like them. I've used them before. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, during during like COVID shutdown times, they had quicker turnaround times than a lot of the major manufacturers. Like, uh, manufacturers. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. All right. My turn. Oh yeah, of course. Let's let's be, do it. Be my guest. All right. Uh, so Leonardo. Uh, what's your most memorable photograph that you've taken? I think one of the, f the, the first, uh, photograph that I kind of like anticipated and I saw the, the location and I noticed that it was a great spot. Yeah. Um, this child in Salamanca, Spain, I mm -hmm. uh, was just doing street photography. Uh, I was in slide using slide film, by oh, the way, wow. which oh, was pre man. pretty cool. Um, and there's this corner and there's like you guys probably heard me saying this when, when i teach like the pockets of light right mm -hmm. oh, yeah. strong shadows and just a little bit of light yep uh and i saw this spot and 
there was just like no subjects, right? There was nothing happening there, but the spot was very nice. And I turned the corner and there's this child skipping along, right? Just skipping down the street. And I'm like, oh my God, if he comes in into this spot of light, it's going to be awesome. So I just kind of like ran out around the corner again and I placed myself and I waited, you know, and I took a picture and it was one shot. And, you know, you have the kid in full skip and yeah. he's wearing red pants. Yeah. So the, the red pants stand vibrant, out. Vibrant. Yeah. yeah. Vibrant. The, the light is there. The contrast with that pocket of light. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was very happy because I'm like, oh, my God, I saw that. I actually, you yeah. know, I worked that photograph. I, I kind of like I recognized the, the location, you know, that there was a neat spot. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden I see the, the, the kid running and, you know, skipping. And then I went back to that position and kind of like waited for that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's kind of like a memorable image because it was like, Okay, I get it. I, you know, this is how you might work. Yeah. You capture an image in terms of like the environment and the people. Yeah. And, you know, being prepared, being ready. Um, so that's 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 a good one that I. A little that bit I of patience. That's a super yeah, cool story. Yeah, a little bit of patience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you'll have to get us that shot so we can we can post sure. it on Instagram. Sure. <laughs> I like that. Was it uh, Ectochrome or uh, Kodachrome? No, I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What kind of uh, preparation and research do you do before, like, going on these these trips that you go on? Like, they, it seems like each one would need a unique set of, I don't know, like, preparation in general, like, in terms of preparing yourself. I mean, you may not speak the language like you were saying. and uh, I, I, I like this question because yeah. it, it does work. Uh, it, it does refer to, you know, actually doing research, right? Know yeah. and prepare and study for where you're going. So. The, the, there's a couple levels of, of research or ways that I approach it. Um, first is just to get to know, you know, the country, the routes that I'm taking. But since I'm more interested in culture, I always want to know what is something that the people of that country do that is representative, you know, of them. Yeah. Um, you know, some characteristics about the culture, just knowing about the people, some of the jobs and activities. I like a lot of rural uh, culture, right? Um, okay. I, I like things that have to do with labor and obviously festivals as well. So I'll start doing that type of research, right? Huh. And then I'll try to figure out if there's something happening um, when when I'm going to be there, right? Yeah. So then it's kind of like another level, right? Um, and if what I, do you, what do you use for that? Are you looking at like Facebook? Are you like everything? Facebook, just yeah, yeah. Um, Google. You know, yeah. start you know any articles, yeah. anything they tell, they give, provides information about that country and yeah. the festivals and whatever that they have. Uh, I'll look into that, That's and then cool. I then I start breaking it down even more because most likely, let's say that there's it's whatever activity or festival, uh, there's going to be some type of organization related mm-hmm. to that right yeah so then i will go in a little bit deeper and i start trying to find okay how many organizations or groups or locations deal with this particular topic that you know caught my attention yeah. from this place that i'm going to go so then if i am i'm able to find different organizations or people that have dealt with that issue before then i have a point of contact where i can start reaching out to people yeah. um to see if i can make a connection so i don't just land there right and try to find things uh, but I actually made a connection prior to leaving. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. We've kind of talked about this on a prior episode. But do you like? Do you look into like legal matters when you when you go and like before going like to see like what things you may not be able to take pictures of like or anything or, like that? Or in an, I, I don't know that you've ever been to a country like this, or if you know that 
exiting the country, your images will be inspected by the government. Um, no, I never, I never been in a in a situation like that. Okay, no, okay. No. Pretty much, I, I think there's probably only two countries in the world that would do. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I might travel to some of those countries one day, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't been in in a situation uh, like that. But so more like on sometimes on the ethical part. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you again, Portugal because it was it's such a great trip, and I was able to do personal projects there. Um, I was interesting not only with the sardines and, and the fishermen. But with um, they, they have bullfighting as well in Portugal, oh, yeah. but it's different than in Spain. Okay. So they don't actually kill the bull, right? The bull is part of it, and, and, and the methods are, are slightly different as well. But there are people there which are called forcados, and they get hit by the bull. So they're yeah. So instead of killing the bull, they get hit by the bull, uh, and this is like a there's usually a group of 10 people, right? This, uh, these are a group. These are a team. They practice. They train for this, right? They're Jeez. friends. Is um, the goal to get hit by the bull? Uh, it's part of the process. Is so it like an honorable thing to be hit? Like, Well, you, they will get hit by the bull. They, so, so it's it's inevitable. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's the approach. So the idea is that, you know, you get the bull on one side of the plaza, right, uh-huh. of the ring, and then you line up huh. facing it. And you put the smallest guy in the front. And then the first guy, right, kind of like goes and faces the bull almost and waiting for the bull to charge towards this guy. Mm -hmm. And again, everybody else is lined up behind. So the idea is that the bull will charge, will hit the first person, and that impact, right, of the bull because it's so stronger, right, it's going to keep going, right? Yeah. Almost like pim, you know, like dominoes falling, right? Yeah. Uh, But because there's other people and heavier people behind, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, everybody's going to corral around the bull. And if you can contain the bull, that means that you have like control over it, right? Yeah. So you don't have to kill it, you just show that you were able to control yeah. the bull. But the first three people and the first person, I mean, he's getting hit hard, hard, yeah. strong, and they have to hold on to the neck. Oh, of man. the bull, right? Because the, the bull is charging. That's their behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, that was very different than than, than a Spanish um, bullfighting, right? So when I was learning about this in, from, from Portugal, I tried to reach out to people who were forcados yeah, in organizations and so forth. And it was very hard because, of course, you know, like, hey, I want to photograph you guys, you know, and how do you do bullfighting? People who are in that type of culture, lifestyle, right? Uh, typically, again, rural people, they're going to be very concerned because, okay, you sure. know, uh, animal cruelty sure. and so forth, right? And I'm, that that's not my debate. That's not my argument, sure. right? Um, I was interested in more like, you know, the people and th- their relationship and how they do it. And mm-hmm. it is something different that I didn't see before. So I try to, you know, contact people. People ignore me. People didn't ignore me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I just, just kept going until I found a group of forcados um that it happens to be while i was there there was going to be a festival and i was able to you know go in and meet them prior to them way before they went into doing the actual bullfighting right because they also need to check me out just as much as i want to check them out right sure, sure. Yeah. i'm interested in them they already know that but they have no idea who i am right? yeah so it made complete sense that hey let's go in let's meet let's talk prior to this because you know i wanted to have that full access to what they did before during and after uh, their event, right? Huh. The, 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 what they did. So, um, so I was actually able to, you know, 
to get the full access and to do that. Um, but I had to do the research prior. I had to make sure. the connections. I had to find the organizations. I had to find the festivals. I had to kind of like keep calling and emailing people, you know, again, with my broken Portuguese, Spanish. Um, and I had to gain that trust for them to, to say, okay, well, you know, we are going to trust you, right? That you're going to represent us in terms of like the culture that we have and the way we do things, not in terms of like trying to portray them as something different. Sure. Which is very hard for people to do that nowadays because yeah. they're going to think that, well, you're just going to come in and, and, you know, and represent us in a different way from what we yeah. believe that we are doing. Sure. Because obviously they believe that what they're doing is right. It's part of their culture and so forth. So they had to have a lot of trust sure. yeah. to let me be with them and again throughout the day. Um, so it's it's a privilege when people do that. Mm -hmm. And that's why you also have to do it right. You have it has to be their stories. It cannot be your point of view. Yeah. Right? You know, because then then you're changing the story, right? Then you're making somebody else look in a different way mm -hmm. that that's not the way that they allow you to tell their story, right? Sure. Because for them, this is the way we do, it. this is part of who we are. Yeah. Um so doing research there, right, um, was very, very important, and it took a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so that that's the, the best way, I think, to approach it, to make sure that you have success when you go to a location, when you're trying to do a story. So you have to find stories, too. Right? Yeah. Um, sometimes you just go and you land somewhere, and you do find other stories from just being there. Mm -hmm. But then the odds of coming back with an actual story are less. Because you're, you're not as prepared. Yeah, you're, you're waiting to for something to happen to find somebody, which has happened all the time in all my trips. Yeah. But it's better to go for something or after something uh, than just waiting for something to happen once you get there. And that's that's a difference in terms of like having the skills and actually, you know, photo editors are gonna want that. Like, can you go and find a story? Can you go and, you know, actually ha gain the access and you, do you have the variety of images that you need? Because if you are going to be hired for like a magazine, a travel magazine or anything, they want you to also be able to come up with the story ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not just going to be like, hey, let me send you over there, take some pretty pictures. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Cool. Um, how are we doing on time, Kev? We're fine on time. Okay. Um, when do, are there times when you're traveling around when you take the time to just kind of step back and say, hey, I need to like, I need to uh, basically like live in this moment for a little bit and just like embrace the culture that's happening rather than trying to capture it on the camera. And like, do you, how do you balance that in terms of like, like you were saying before, like it, I feel like it can be really overwhelming when you're in a new place. And I mean, I, I can't imagine you're going from like, you're, you've talked about going to these like Central American countries and then also going up to like the Arctic. Like those are two very different places. How do you like uh, take that time to adjust and actually kind of make sure that you're, I don't know, like you were saying, like make sure that you're showing not just your perspective of being overwhelmed, but also being like present and that's there. A, that's a hard question, Tom. That yeah. It's a difficult question. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be difficult to, to answer. Um, 
Like, it seems like you kind of did that. Like when you were talking about hanging out in the in the restaurant, having wine with the guys. Like that seems like a good way to kind of get situated and like get in that like fe- yeah like you, vibe. You but it's also yeah, I don't. It, it it's hard because um, part of the way that I can say that I that I you know, interact with the trips or interact with the people, the way I learn, the way I enjoy their culture, Mm -hmm. the way that I enjoy the the country um, is through what I'm doing, right? It's through the act of photography. Yeah. Because that's the way I learn. Yeah. So that's the way I gain experience, right? Because I have a camera and I put myself in this situation. So part of the responsibility is that that I'm, I'm learning through the photography, right? Yeah. So therefore I feel the pressure or the responsibility to be taking the photographs. So it's it's hard to not be taking photographs, right? Um, but there's definitely times where, where you do, you have to put the camera down. Yeah. You have to just enjoy and interact with people. But that also sometimes I'm afraid of that because every time I travel, I never think that I'm on vacation, right? So you have to have the difference of like, okay, well- You're at work. I'm yeah. at work, yeah. right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm supposed to be working. Well, what's my work? To take pictures. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm learning about the culture. I'm, I'm learning, I'm interacting, I'm, I'm making friends. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm gaining trust, but it is through the act of photography. So I feel the responsibility to be taking photographs. But I also think that people also recognize that. Yeah. And that's why they give me access, right? Because I am very clear and upfront that this is what I do. I'm a photographer. Yeah. I do documentaries. So it makes sense for me to be taking photographs. If somebody takes me in, right, because I told them that I'm a photographer and I'm not taking photographs, yeah. they're also going to be like, wait, What's this dude doing? <laughs> yeah, wh- why did you get here? Like, I thought that you were going to be taking pictures, right? When are you I mean, going to start paying rent, bum? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, this was also like the, the arrangement that we had, right? Yeah. You want to learn through images, right? That's mm-hmm. what I tell them, yeah. right? And then if I go there and I don't take pictures, then it's like, well, then you just use that as an excuse mm-hmm. to be inside a particular situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and that, that would be wrong. And I think that people will lose trust at the same time. So it, it, it's it's a yeah. hard situation. It, it's, it's hard. Um, Do you ever use the camera to kind of like ease yourself into a space? Like I find sometimes when I'm on vacation, like I'll I'll like take a day to just go take pictures and having that like narrow kind of vision to kind of look at things like in an organized way sometimes help you helps me kind of settle into like a space or something. I know that that's completely different than what you're doing. I think like, sometimes that I do photography just because I like the adventure of the travel more yeah. than the photos themselves. So sometimes yeah. I do feel like that because yeah. the photos, the camera is what takes me to the places, right? Yeah. The camera is what makes me interact with people and try to have access to these cool things and festivals, right? But then I'm very excited about the festivals and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I got to do this. I got to hang out with these people, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of very very cool but i was able to get there because of the photography so i don't know if i'm a good photographer or the photography is just the fact that allows me to be in certain places and experience certain things and i enjoy therefore so much the experience but the camera got me in there right yeah this interaction that i have with people of like saying i want to document you i want to you know learn from you it just happens that i do it with with my camera and my camera gets me into so many different places if i didn't have the camera I don't know if I will be able to experience as many things because then I'm just a random guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's true. So, so it's a hard question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I kind of skipped one, but I'm I'm gonna leave it there because I okay. think that we're yeah, no I problem. think that we're good. But uh, 
my last question for you is just uh is studying abroad still feasible for students do you think and uh how can it how how can it yep. become more accessible yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can it become more accessible to like more students to those spaces to like the different yeah you give me challenging questions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, I'm just looking for you to solve solve the big problems here. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I don't have any experience with like students traveling, like let's say in college, right? Mm -hmm. to, with study abroad. Yeah. You know, I will I will highly recommend it. I think it's great. But in terms of like, can everybody do study abroad? I don't know, and probably not, right? Probably right. not as many people can take a semester to, to go to a program and study abroad. If you can, please do. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I think everybody should travel. Everybody should just like travel all over. That's the best way to, to get to know other people, to overcome social issues, stereotypes, and so sure. forth. I think traveling and getting to just really- Getting out people. of your comfort zone. Yeah, getting out of your comfort zone, wherever you do it, wherever you go, everybody should do it right mm -hmm. um but i don't think it's dependent let's say of like having to do it or through like a study abroad program like i said i didn't do a study mm -hmm. abroad but when i was in college i did travel yeah um and i did it on my own you know and i was I gonna say what do you what because uh, i kind of like I, I was kind of half expecting you to be like here's the leonardo answer just like take whatever little money you've got and that's, and exactly, just yeah, go. that's exactly i'm like i would i would probably try to save you know and i think back then when i was much much younger i could say you know like if i have two thousand dollars i can travel abroad yeah because yeah, yeah. I, find know, a couple couches couches yeah. you know hostels yeah. everything you know and just go yeah uh, don't you know there was no pre-planning of you know oh where i'm going to sleep yeah I, I mean when i was backpacking i didn't know where i was going to sleep i didn't know the hotels i couldn't search anything online yeah. not that old but you know it's, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> sure. part of like the way you would organize a trip now right yeah. you can just go yeah. online there wasn't a smartphone to yeah no. the nokia you. the nokia was a little slow I mean, on the, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. I, I, I was shooting 35 millimeters on slide <laughs> yeah, film yeah. in black and white so yeah, yeah no there, there was none of that um but it, that is not an excuse not to go like i you know i, I taught spanish too um you don't have to learn the language you know to travel somewhere right and that should not be an obstacle if you do a sign of food that's international everybody's yes. gonna if you do a sign for sleep you know like any hotel or something you draw a picture yeah uh, again it's this idea that people will help you yeah, yeah right and for many many years that was the most common way to interact right i mean you didn't have i mean we now have the internet to be able to go and search for a hotel yeah but many other times you had an agency right that can help mm -hmm. you out but if you were just backpacking you just go yeah. Right. And you knew other backpackers or if you go and, you know, meet other friends that, who had friends that will let you in. That happened to me a lot. I mean, I was able to stay in a convent mm. with nuns, which you're not supposed to do. That's not allowed. <laughs> but I was able to do it, you know, because I was backpacking through Mexico yeah. and I happened to knew somebody who was a friend from high school of the uh, Madre Mayor. I don't know how to say that in, in English, like the, the main uh, nun. Okay. The head nun. Yeah. The head nun. Yeah. Right. And. You know, because my friend was her friend from high school. Then they're like, oh, we have a, this guy who's traveling, taking pictures. And they're like, sure, he can stay in the convent with us. That's great. That's crazy, right? Yeah. That's pretty um, wild. So just travel. Grab whatever yeah. money you have and go. Don't right. don't wait for anything. Cool. Yeah. I like K that. Kids these days, man, they got it so easy with their 
you yeah. know what? With I'd their say, Airbnbs. We're, we're gonna their... take we're gonna take a, a break for, for some ads, but you know what? On my way out, I think I'm just gonna start complaining about kids. The kids these days, they've <laughs> got these smartphones, and you know the smartphones, they've got these apps, they translate different languages. All right. Congratulations to our new sponsor, Canon, who launched their new EOS R3 mirrorless camera this week. Curious about this awesome new body from Canon? Check out our YouTube channel in the show notes and watch our first look and review on the EOS R3 as we test its new autofocus vehicle detect and 30 frames per second burst rate. Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller of Canon equipment, and you can find out more or purchase gear at mpex.com and search Canon. And welcome back. Now that I've got all that complaining about young people out of my system. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were really hoping that, that, that the channel that Kevin's on would have shorted out in that amount, amount of times. But. Too bad, whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're back with Leonardo. We're going to dive into some uh, quicker questions here before we wrap up the episode. Um, Leonardo, I want to talk about your gear a little bit. What, what, uh, what's your go-to right now in terms so of camera body and lens? Yeah, or right, lenses? right now I have the, the Canon uh, R6, the mirrorless mm, one yes. that, that, I, that I eventually bought uh, in terms of going mirrorless. Yep. Um, but I still have the L lenses. I, I don't actually have any R lenses. So you're using the EF glass on uh, R bodies. Yes, Got yes, it. and I'm using the adapter, and it works great. Uh, so to go along with that, I have, like, the standard photo J person mm -hmm. uh, lenses, a 16 to 35, yep. uh, 2.8, a 50, 1.4, and the 70 to 200, uh, 2.8 of Canon L series. And yeah, that, that's, that's, Excellent. Uh, that's where I live. Do you ever, uh, random question, do you ever wish you had a 35 instead of a 50 or do you prefer the 50 focal length? Um, yeah, I, I'm okay with the 50. I mean, a, a 35 fix when I'm shooting, if I'm, Okay, so this again, just to drop some stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> my Leica M6. Whoa, you uh, said it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on that, I have a 35. Okay. Yeah, and for street photography, I think that that's kind of like one of the the best yeah, ones go to, to start. Yeah, for and sure. then It's my go-to. Yeah, it's two from, from here, right? Yeah, yeah. Tommy, if you learn how to shoot with a 35, then you can shoot with anything. So Cool. Like what else? Uh, so are you shooting just the one body, the R6? Or are you still use? I know you were using an R for... A little bit, right? Uh, one of the ones that I was testing from you guys, and that that's what got me to the, to the other ones. Before that, I had the Canon Mark III. Okay. So that's why I went from the, from the three to the uh, to the R6. Cool, cool. And um, just so people uh, know that might not shoot Canon, the Canon R system is their mirrorless system. Leonardo's using an adapter that allows him to use his older Canon EF glass. Um, is it just the regular adapter? Because they have three of them. They've got that control ring one, and they've the, got the the regular one. It's the regular yeah, one. Okay, yeah, the cool. Cheap one. If you do, if you guys are used to, um, <laughs> if you shoot Canon, you're looking in the mirrorless. The control ring one's a little bit more expensive, but it's nice because it allows you to change your aperture or customize it to whatever you want it to be. Which, by the way, I do love that feature. Yeah. <laughs> it's on, it's on a, if you can, if you can do that on the lens, change the aperture. Yeah, it makes you feel back like a rangefinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like That's why I shoot Fuji. I, yeah. I, I, we have to talk about Fuji. Maybe we'll talk about Fuji later. But. Yeah. Um, um, is there any anything else? What were you gonna say? I was gonna ask if uh, what you use for like your note taking throughout the day when you're traveling. Oh yeah, do you like have like a notes? voice recorder? Field notes. Field okay. notes. Um, do you do like paper? voice memo ever when you're I like do. interacting with people so that you can remember like what they're what they're telling you and stuff like that? Or uh, not not so much, not so much. But I have done it. Okay. Uh, but no, paper. Oh, yes. Paper and pen. Yeah. I mean, I know that my, my students, 
do everything on their phones, yeah. right? They take yeah. you know, for the captions, you know, sure. they have to get the name and the person. They do everything on their phone. I just still take a you know piece of paper, write it out. That's old school, um, cool, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. I, I still I cannot get away from it. <laughs> what uh, what else do you carry in your camera bag that you find uh, important? Like you, you've got your lenses, you've got your body, your converter. Um, anything else? like do you use flashes? Do you have? I do. Oh. I do. Um, and this is something. Um, it, it seems extra, right? When you're doing sure. street photography or when you're doing travel photography, it does seem something that, that is extra weight or, or, or like you might not use it as much. Mm -hmm. But I do always carry it uh, or take it at least to, to the trip. So I take the remotes, you know, very old Pocket Wizards, mm -hmm. two series, I think, with the, um, the flash are, unit. Those things are tanks. Yeah. Can't go wrong. So, exactly. <laughs> so I take that because I know that I do love to do environmental portraits. So mm -hmm. if I am already working with somebody and I have the access, that means that I will have the time um, to actually do a very nice environmental portrait. And cool. sometimes, you know, you just have to light it and it looks completely diff different and it is more dramatic. So not only you have the like documentary style photos, but you can also do this very cool, uh, well-lit uh, photos as well. And so you have to have the remotes and off-camera flash and just, just one. Yeah. So what, do you use any light modifiers at all? Um, yes, there's just... I don't even know the name of it, but it's just a, a little one that actually goes over the. Is the it image. like the Magmod? Uh, it's not one of those, but it's okay. like a little soft box that you just like. It just has an okay. opening. It's, it's actually flat, and you can just like open oh, it, it up. Oh, might be like the LumaQuest ones that we yeah. got. Yeah, I think it was one of those. Luma I think Quest it was one of those because cool. it's usually when I have it, it's flat, yep. and then I use it, and it's just like kind of like vinyl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a LumaQuest cool. one. Yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. Cool. And, um, other than your lenses and your body, is there one thing in your camera bag that never that you always it's always in your camera bag? You never leave home without it. extra SD cars oh, charger. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm very In like... In fact, I remember from your from your yes. uh, feature fair. So last feature fair, we did a virtual feature fair and you said, what well, was like the number one thing I said to put in somebody's stocking yeah. and that uh, any photographer could use. Leonardo was like, memory cards. Always yeah. get photographers memory cards. They'll always love you. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so that, that's a thing. It's definitely a thing for me. I, I need to have... Um, SD cards. I love the very large SD cards, like the 256. Yeah, you like shooting uh, the big ones. I love that. And now with the with the R6, the fact that I can have the two uh, dual SD cards. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I mean, I really, really love that. And um, just in the last trips, I did pretty much all my shooting on just that one car. So wow. I have that one. Oh man. I have my external hard drive, mm -hmm. right, uh, where I transfer the photos so then i know that i always have them in the external hard drive i still have them in the sd card even if for whatever reason one of those sd cards gets full you know i'll have another one and sure. you can record to the two sd cards so mm -hmm. it's, it's backups 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 yep. nice yeah always i dig the the it's so true you can get a photographer memory card and they'll be happy as a oh, clam it's great man if you really if you really want to treat them right get them a cf express you know yeah yeah. If you can afford it. There we go. <laughs> All right. Kev, last one. You doing it? Last question. Can you not hear me? Sorry, my headphones were cutting out there for a second. The last questions. Oh, is it my is it my go? Yeah, your hot takes, man. All right. Yeah, those are those true false hot takes. All right. Hot takes. I missed the last one, I guess. You just kinda you yeah, just the number one thing plowed through it. The thing you learned right. without memory cards. All right. This is fun for our listeners, I think. Um, hot takes. <laughs> do you know like hot takes are uh like controversial kind of opinions and okay 
I listen to the podcast. Oh, that's true. What am I? T- I'm podcast explaining. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do that. And actually, I rem- I think you guys mentioned my name in the first one or the second one or some one of those. Yeah, we said we had yeah. to have you on. We're finally having yeah. you on. No, it's <laughs> a great. year I, later. I no, I love it. I love it. I I, I I do enjoy it very much. So that's why I'm I'm a subscriber, and you should be as well. I'm I'm very flattered, but slightly embarrassed that you listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> So you have, wait a minute. So these are true, false, hot, hot take questions. Yeah, true or false. You have to have a lot of money to do travel photography. No, you don't have to have a lot of money to do travel photography. He just, yeah, he said it before. You just we, get need a, we need a stinger for that. Bom, bom, bom. All right. I don't think I cool. have one for that one. All yeah. right. We'll make one up, though. All right, the next one. To understand a new culture, you have to go out and experience it yourself. Yes, definitely. Go travel. Get away. Okay. Go away. That's a that's a true yeah. hot take right there. But I got the internet, dude. Nope. No, no. <laughs> Wikip- <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I just got back from Hawaii. Yeah. Did the, the travel brochures do it justice? No. There's no <laughs> photograph on the surface of this planet that will properly elaborate to you the coolness of Hawaii's culture. Yeah. Yeah. It is an amazing culture. Okay. I highly recommend it. I believe going. it. I believe it. That you do have to have a lot of money to go on. Yeah. Because the, it's the small I'm island a, with I'm expensive a good, hotels. I'm a good swimmer. I could get to California <laughs> yeah, and well, make the, well, next, so the I, next level. I thought, I thought that we were actually going to talk a little bit more about Galapagos. So let me, since you're talking about Yeah, islands, yeah, let's hear about Galapagos. Um, people always think that Galapagos is going to be very expensive. And it can be. It definitely yeah. can be very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. But just like we're talking about like traveling and having mm-hmm. to have a lot of money to travel, do you need to have a lot of money to travel to Galapagos? Some, some A place in the world that everybody wants to go right and they're like they have it as a bucket list you don't have to have you don't need a lot of money to go to galapagos you can definitely do a low budget galapagos trip and still enjoy it and still see uh many of the things that that you want to see from from the galapagos island so um i think it's also like when we're talking about traveling and, and money and so forth there are iconic places in the world that you can still something like from my experience like galapagos where you can do it kind of low budget yeah we don't have to spend ten thousand dollars you you can do a lot of trips low budget as leonardo is saying you know i think you had mentioned earlier in this episode like save up a couple of grand have solid plans have solid backups and you're gonna be all right i think i mean five thousand dollars might sound like a lot of money right yeah yeah but put put the plane ticket in there and i think that that should be more than enough Mm -hmm. to do a lot yeah yeah if you have about five thousand dollars and i think you can do it with much less than that um much less than that you can still travel and explore new cultures and and enjoy it photographer or not yeah go and travel i I did joke earlier in the episode about young people using their phones a lot but there are a lot of useful i will plug kids (laughs) i will plug airbnb will allow you to stay in very pricey places for a fraction of the price verbo does the same vrbo also Um, price line's pretty killer yeah, if you're looking at staying at a traditional hotel or resort, yeah. price line's fine. The, the other thing I'll mention is if you don't want to pay the price for rental cars, there's a site called Toro or an app called Toro that allows people to rent their cars to other people in places. Um, I did that. Yeah, Hawaii. That's, Vegas. That's, really? a, that's a big thing in Hawaii right now because all the rental car companies are out of cars because they sold them off during the pandemic when they had no tourists. Oh, and it's hard yeah. to get cars in Hawaii. So. Like I hired a photographer to do a shoot with my wife and I, and she was like, my neighbor has 30 cars right now because he's, he bought a what? bunch in order to run his own Toro. Like 
that's what he does now is he just rents cars to tourists. <laughs> that's great. That's an awesome, yeah. So you can do these things. All of that to say, there are several tools re- at your disposal. You can yeah. rent. You can uh, stay, sleep, shower for very, very uh, low prices. Yeah. Uh, you just have to go out there and do the research. And you can do more fun. Like I rented a Mini Cooper when I was in Vegas. Of course you did. so much fun. Yeah, there's, just, a lot, yeah, there's a lot of things you yeah. wouldn't have access to on Toro. Like you yeah. can rent Ferraris and Teslas. and hum- Maseratis like, yeah, around there. Yeah, oh, wow. there's all yeah. kinds of stuff. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Um, Which you could also use for a photo shoot if you wanted to. It's true, you could. Yeah. I guess you'd probably want to ask the owner's permission firsthand because license plates and, <laughs> yeah, totally. and numbers and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so all of that said, let's leave you guys with a closer challenge um, and some advice that we leave everybody with every episode that's usually on topic with this episode. Um, and it is. So Leonardo talked earlier um, about being uncomfortable and uh kind of putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation i taught i think i've talked in the past about lobsters on the podcast yeah you make me uncomfortable every day when i talk about lobsters (laughs) lobsters are a creature that's in constant pain because the insides are always pushing to the outside to grow on their exoskeleton so in order to grow they must constantly be uncomfortable and i think that's always a nice little proverb to to dovetail into conversations like that so put yourself in uncomfortable situations and you might find yourself creating amazing imagery as and growing yeah and if you have put yourself in an uncomfortable situation why don't you tell us about it so we can talk about it on the next podcast you can email us at the number two weird camera beards at mpex.com or hit us up on the instagrams um so yeah that's your challenge either find a situation in which you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation safely of course in order to get the shot or tell us about a time that you did um and then maybe even plan a trip it could be a weekend trip to troy ohio it could be out what to do you know Pittsburgh. about troy ohio i know nothing about troy ohio but you know what i might drive out there to learn about troy ohio they got a good strawberry festival uh, okay there you go there's a story <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah that's the that's the closer challenge i dig it all right am i am i doing the yeah would you, the linking you, at the end do you want me to or do you want to you do it every podcast. Okay, well, I you wasn't can, prepared for that. You can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, there Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find our guest on social media at, is it just Leonardo Carrizo Photos? Or is uh, it Leonardo Carrizo? Leonardo Carrizo. Just Leonardo Carrizo. LeonardoCarrizo.com, LeonardoCarrizo. In Instagram, it's just, there are not that many Leonardo Carrizo. I think, <laughs> I, think I was the first one. When any new social media or something, <laughs> I, was, I put my name, it's always available. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it That's was pretty awesome. cool. So to make, make sure to check out his work. It's incredible. And uh, make sure to check out MpexLearningStudio.com to see any upcoming classes that he's going to have. I'll probably talk to him later this week and get some scheduled, hopefully. So. Um, share your photos with us on Instagram at the number two weird camera beards or at MPEX underscore photo underscore video. You can always send us your images, questions, concerns, prayers, well wishes to the number two weird camera beards at MPEX.com. And a special thanks to our magical, mystical Maddie O'Neill, executive producer of the podcast. Don't forget our editor. And our editor, Joshua Applebaum. <laughs> Hello, Josh. Uh, and then also, thank you to the president of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, the VP of Midwest Photo, Ken Lewis. Thank you guys for letting us hang out and uh, kind of shoot the breeze with local photographers like Leonardo here. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, a special shout out to Kevin's dad. Stopped in the in the shop the other day and we, we had a good time talking about the podcast and yep. Kevin's 
and yeah all things kevin we had we had a nice conversation i think we need to have him on the podcast hey dad at some point <laughs> yeah um and i think our quote this week is from leonardo today oh I, yeah i think it was quote don't be a jerk i like yeah. it yeah. yeah don't be a jerk and can i add one more yeah absolutely yeah. uh the other one especially if, if you're traveling if you do anything with culture um with photography care more about the person than the photo you're going to take care yeah. more about the person than the photo that you're going to take i think that should apply to I any like situation regardless if you're traveling or not that's so like, good yes care for people be excellent to each other as yeah. bill and ted said don't be a jerk <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next time see you bye thank you guys yeah.